three major college prospects. Oh, we got Showtime coming. Justin Norris with a one-hand hammer. Open at the top. Rises for three over Young and buries it. Johnny Davis on the leak out of the slam, and that's your exclamation mark. A team looking to get back on top in the NBA. I think our job is to stay balanced, stay in the pocket, understand that being great offensively and defensively, having players that fit around Giannis, that fit coach's system. Welcome to Wisconsin Basketball Draft Night. Alongside former Badger Ben Brust, here's Bucks radio host Justin Garcia. Hour number two here of Wisconsin Basketball Draft Night. We got the Bucks holding the 24th pick. We expect to see three local products going in the first or second round. It's a big night for Wisconsin, hence the name, and especially since Ben Brust is involved, who's uh, joining me now. And, and Ben, the, the last portion of the hour, we were talking about Justin Lewis. We're going to be joined by Shaka Smart momentarily here to get a total breakdown on Justin Lewis and what he saw from him throughout the season. Uh, but we were talking about finding a niche in the league. And Ben Golliver has the term acreage that for so long, uh, Jay Billis, you would think back to tonight, where if you hear Jay Billis talk about length, that's a good, t- a good thing if you're watching the draft. How much the league has changed where we're, we're talking about P.J. Tucker again, Mm-hmm. Grant Williams again. Those are the two names that we're, that we're mentioning the most. But those types of players that can move laterally and defend multiple positions, but they can do that because of their overall size and maybe not length. That is that kind of starting to become the trend here. What do, what do we? What's the name of that like position? You know what I mean? Like it's almost like an overweight athletic <laughs> defender. I will let you say that. I, am, I, am I wrong though? Tell, I'll side with Ben. He's Ashton, right. Am I wrong? He's right. Ben's right. Like it is. Like like Thick. Grant Williams was thin and athletic, and he bulked up, and he's overweight's a little strong. Thick. Exactly. Justin hit it. Thick. Thick. Yeah. Body sure. shaming over here. I'm not going to get into that, but I'll let you take that. All right. Strike it from the record, Ashton. Uh, it's too late. A thick, athletic tweener. <laughs> I think that nails it. We just talked about tweeners and how it's a good thing in the NBA now if you are a tweener that can guard multiple positions. So that's in vogue. Like you no longer, the last, what, 15 years when you were looking for, man, if you could be seven feet and shoot. Now it's, you got to be six foot seven, but quick enough to defend the perimeter and thick enough to guard to defend bigs. Yep. And, and long enough to deter the six, nine jump shooter. The Jason Tatum of the world, right? right? The uh, the Kobe Bryant type player that everyone modeled their game after. Because look, at the end of the day, everyone's in the NBA offensively is based off of their one on one scoring. It, it, it comes down to that. That's what it was for um, even Steph Curry at times, right? Like he had to create a lot of his own shots. Uh, in the NBA Finals, I think about what Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have to do all the time is create shots. And Grayson Allen, unfortunately, against the Celtics for the Milwaukee Bucks, was unable to stick with Jalen Brown laterally, physically, with length and size. And like that's where Grayson, in my in my opinion, it could be something I'd also consider maybe moving if I'm the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, 
because you saw as you got deeper into the playoffs how usable is this guy and this guy we signed new extension but sometimes you know you, you got to cut your losses even if you thought you had a gem it's going to be interesting to see how free agency looks with that in mind because you know every league is a copycat league and if you find success how was boston successful they had, had one of those body yep. types we're describing. They had Robert Williams, who to a lesser extent what did we, um, is there. What did we, what did we, what's the final term? The thick, athletic... Well, I'm looking for you to come up with the acronym. Okay. I'll work on it. By the it's got to be something you can say on the radio. Yeah. I, th- I think thick is a part of it, because you have to be thick. Well, the acronym, just putting it all together. <sighs> Gosh. But- bowling ball? Does that work? I think Bowling so. Bowling ball's fine. I mean, that's what Grant Williams and P.J. Tucker are. <laughs> I hope Shaka yeah. Smart calls in. Here's the something <laughs> hotline. You know, let's get let's get Shaka's opinion when he, when he calls in. What do you call these kind of players? Because I actually think there's probably a term amongst coaches. Because coaches, when they make scouting reports, come up with all these crazy terms for different players. And I'd be curious on what they call the, the new age tweener. The Celtics, though, uh, found their success with defense and their ability to switch. And it's Jason Tatum. It's Jalen Brown. It's Grant Williams and Robert Williams that most of those guys could defend. All of those guys could defend multiple positions. A handful of them could basically defend everywhere. And as we've pointed to a number of times, that's where the Bucks were most successful. Brooke Lopez was... Nice complimentary piece, and I'm not advocating getting rid of him, but they were more successful in those closing moments when With it was P.J. Switching. Tucker playing next to Giannis and Pat Connaughton on the floor and, and Chris, and you could switch everything. I do think, and, and Bud has kind of talked about this, John Horst has talked about it as well, I don't think you can have that level of success only doing one thing. And that's exactly what the Bucks ran into the first two years, where it was, we're playing the drop defense and only the drop defense. You can't only switch. I think you need to be able to throw multiple things out there, and that's, again, where the value of Brooke Lopez lies. But this but, is... But also is, where the Bucks I think, fell short in this past season by not having enough defense outside of like having Brooke Lopez out there. Brooke Lopez became the savior of, all right, Brooke came back, our defensive numbers got better, and we don't have a lineup that can really switch one through five. And the closest we saw to that was, in my opinion, game five of the Celtics series when the Bucks were on the road and all hope was lost, and they rode with Wes, Drew, Pat, Bobby, and Giannis. No Brooke Lopez. You know, they switched one through five, and that's where it felt like... I thought the Bucks might have a chance, but they ran out of gas. They were they were one player short. If they had Chris Middleton, they could have continued to go maybe a little bit more of a switch lineup um, defensively because Chris can guard multiple positions. He's a very solid defender. And so, uh, again, you're also getting a year older, and I don't think John Horst is just going to settle with, yeah, we re-signed Pat, hopefully we can re-sign Bobby, and let's roll the ball back out there and go try and get it done with the same team because he didn't do that after they fell short with Eric Bledsoe. 
He made a big move to get Drew Holiday in, and is, uh, is along with PJ Tucker. And uh, I, I expect, I expect a shakeup. I really do. I, I, I know, I, I know people, you know, love the core of this team, uh, but outside the big three, I, I think, other than Pat as so, well, everyone is touchable. So your your definition of a shakeup then is, you think somebody outside of Giannis, Chris, Drew, and Pat. Is going to be a part of a deal. I, I I think so. Yes. And Brooke Lopez, I take it, is who you think it's going to be. I think uh, I, my opinion would be I would do it with Brooke. I don't think John Horst is going to do that. I think Grayson Allen would be the guy that I think is potentially moved with pick. Grayson Allen's interesting. We can get into the contract situation as the draft starts to begin here, and and as we were just discussing, now there's apparently some. Division within the front office in Orlando that maybe it's going to be Paolo that goes Paolo number one overall here. I love Paolo. I mean, I don't want to get deep into the magic, but uh, the way he's able to, at his height, see the floor and like he has more. It's like a Ben Simmons with a little bit more of a skill set. If that make if that makes a little bit of sense to you, Justin. It does. It does. Uh, speaking of. Skill sets and players locally that we expect to see taken tonight. We mentioned someone named Justin. Justin Lewis of Marquette. And joining us now, the man that had the opportunity to coach him last season, Shaka Smart. We are uh, efforting Shaka Smart, but we will get him. I don't know what I'm doing to Shaka. Momentarily. But I've, I've spoken to him twice. We had exchanged pleasantries, and then he dropped off. I must have said something. What did you say? I said, hello, how are you? Are you sure? Shaka, is it fair to call players overweight? Is that how you I open asked the conversation? I how many C's and thick. Okay, okay, guys. I want that. To, I said strike it from the record, not bring well, it back. Well, if you did thick, you could do the C like the captain C, too. <laughs> that, that's what we mean here is this is the type of player that you need. Um, so we, we are standing Paolo, by for one. Shaka Smart. But Paolo Banchero of Duke going number one. And this is shocking because... Uh, Woj tweeted this morning that the top three were pretty much... Pretty well set. Yeah, and it was going to be Jabari. And now if you're the Houston Rockets who thought all this time, hey, we're getting Paolo, this is going to be a great draft for us, uh, those plans have been changed. But from shocking to Shaka, the coach of Marquette joining us now, had the chance to uh, coach Justin Lewis last season. So, uh, Coach, first of all... What do you do on nights like this when when you have a player that is expecting to fulfill their dreams and go in the NBA draft? I watch the draft. Uh, I've got a chance to go a few times with guys that are, I guess you'd say, invited to the green room or whatever you call it. Um, but on a night like tonight, uh, Justin's actually there. He's in a suite at the Barclays Center with uh, some other guys from his agency. Um I just sit at home and watch. Shaka, you know, what, in your opinion, are some of the best traits of Justin that will translate well to the NBA? I think one of the best things Justin has going for him right now is his trajectory. He's a way better player at 18 than he was at 17, and he was a way better player at 19 than he was at 18. So um, in my experience with guys uh, that I've seen that have you know moved to that level, if they have that going for them and they can just maintain the positive momentum growing as a player and growing in all the elements of character and competitive character that make you good on the court, um, then 
you know, a lot of the basketball particulars take care of themselves. Um, but to answer your question, he's got really good length. He's got huge hands. Um, he's got a really unique body, strong, strong legs. Uh, I think his body's going to continue to get even stronger as he gets older. Um, he's really developed his shooting. Uh, he had a workout with one of the NBA teams a couple of days ago and made uh, in the high 70s out of 100 in their, you know, in their shooting drills. So he's really, really gotten much better with his three-point shooting um, and developing in a lot of other areas as well. Where, what's the one area, if there is one, where you really saw the most improvement for him, whether it was on the court or off the court throughout the course of the season? Well, the most improvement was as a person, for sure. Uh, just his, uh, again, the elements of character that make someone you know, good as, a, as an athlete and as a part of a team. Consistency, communication, uh, the willingness to hold yourself and others accountable, um, you know, other aspects of being a teammate encouraging others those sorts of things um but basketball wise again i would say his shooting uh really really took a big jump i think he shot in the teens percentage wise or low 20s as a freshman from three and then you know this past year he was still streaky at times but you know he he really you know put a lot of time and effort into his shooting got way better i think it's something he's going to continue to improve on this is Wisconsin basketball draft night on 620 WTMJ and across ESPN Wisconsin. I'm Ben Bruss. That's Justin Garcia. We're joined here by Shaka Smart, the head coach of Marquette. And, and coach, we've been talking a little bit about some of the unique players that uh, have some unique roles within teams in the NBA. P.J. Tucker, Grant Williams. And I trust coaches because you guys always come up with unique nicknames you know whether it be tweener or you know like i remember assistant coaches in scouting report always made up you know some names for a type of player do you have a like a name for that type player of like pj tucker or grant williams that's versatile could guard every position it's kind of like a new age you know i don't know uh positionless basketball player yeah you know when i used to work for billy donovan at florida he would call those guys hard rocking brothers. <laughs> I love it. I love it. We were we were trying to think of an easy way to say it, but you nailed it. Yeah. So I mean, that's really where basketball is going, uh, and that's one thing that's exciting for Justin. Uh, a few weeks ago, we went down to the combine to watch Justin uh, as he was going through some of the drills and and measuring measurements there. And one of my buddies, who's a a head coach, actually, one of the NBA teams, came up and he sat down. And he hadn't really watched Justin much up close. He'd seen him on TV, but he, he saw him up close. And he said, you know what, that's what guys in this league look like uh, from the standpoint of what you're saying. Six 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 seven, versatility, good body strength, ability to defend multiple positions. Obviously, Justin just turned 20 years old, so he's got a lot of developing still to do. But he definitely falls under that category of, of being a guy that can, uh, I guess a shorthand way of putting it is he can be a dude. I love it. I love it. And I think he could fit that mold and grow into that. And uh, I think it's intriguing as well to ask coaches about guys uh, they coached against. And obviously you had a chance to go against Johnny Davis early in the season as your team was progressing. Uh, what are your thoughts on Johnny and, and what he'll do well in, in the NBA? Man, I was just so impressed with how much better he got. Uh, and obviously that's a testament to Coach Gard and his staff as well. 
as as Johnny and his work ethic. Um, I, you know, to be honest, every once in a while you play against a guy who seems like he's got rockets in his ass, um, <laughs> and I know it's kind of a crude way to put it, but like. Um, as a young, young coach, I got a chance to be on a staff that coached against Dwayne Wade. Um, and I felt that way about him. It was like, wow, this guy moves differently. He just kind of explodes. And when we played Johnny, and I'm not saying Johnny Davis is Dwayne Wade, but he had that same type of acceleration and a pretty darn good defender of ours, Daryl Morsell, mm-hmm. uh, who also, you know, has a chance, I think, to. Um, you know, find his way in professional basketball and, and maybe maybe catch on with the team at some point. He could not stay in front of Johnny Davis. I mean, and it was really not close. Um, so that's when I saw a couple of those plays early in the game. I said, "Uh oh, that you know, this is this is going to be a challenge." And there was familiarity there too, because Daryl had come from Maryland, I and believe might have been Defensive Player of the Year or, or first team All Defense he in the was. Big Ten. He was. But you know what, Johnny Davis, and this is, again, a testament to his growth, he was just a flat-out different player as a sophomore than he was as a freshman. Um, You know, more confident, stronger, more assertive. And I think, again, that's something that he and Justin Lewis both have going for them. Um, You know, we're talking about really, really young guys. So Mm -hmm. if you're on a good trajectory and you're significantly better than you were the year before, if you can just stay on that trajectory, then you think about it three, four, five years from now, you're going to be in great shape. The challenge is a lot of the, you know, everything that falls under the label hard, that, that comes at you fast when you get to that highest level. And sometimes that can impact your trajectory. Uh, Coach, what's, what's the process for you when you have a kid? I mean, obviously watching him, you know when he's ready for the next level, but just the conversation of – getting him ready for the NBA, not so much as a player, but you talked about the growth that Justin made as a man going into that of making sure he's ready for the next level. Well, you know, the hardest part is um, physical readiness is not necessarily the same as mental readiness is not necessarily the same as emotional readiness. Um, And sometimes those things don't all happen at the same, you know, in the same, um, you know, span of time. Um, I coached a guy, a few years back, I won't say his name, but his physical readiness was so obvious that he was going to be a lottery pick. Um, but his readiness in maybe maybe some of those other areas was not as high, and even to the point where his family didn't want him to go. Um, but as you guys know, tough to say no when there's teams that want to pick you in the top ten picks. Um, and so that's the real challenge. I, I wish I knew, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as we could all imagine. Uh, but that's, that's the challenge is, is, is getting guys to understand, hey, there's getting picked. And, and I always feel this like the, the few times I've been at the draft, there's the moment you get picked, you go up on that stage, and, it, I mean, it's just unbelievable. But then it's like as a coach, I'm thinking, now this is when the really exciting part begins because you get to prove that you're better than the guys picked before you or – you get to go against some of those guys that are picked kind of around the same range. So I'm like, man, if it was me, I want to go to the gym that night. But that's probably why I played Division three basketball. 
Coach, last one before we let you go. Really enjoy the time with you. Uh, what's one of the things personally that you have really enjoyed since you've been back at Wisconsin that you didn't think you would, uh, you know, enjoy after being gone so long? Oh, it's just a great community here. Um, I, I I love the fans here and the students at Marquette. And I I didn't really know a ton about Marquette as a school. I knew more about the basketball program, but um, that's been a ton of fun. Uh, just getting to know uh, the community as a you know as a school and the students, the faculty, and then our president, Dr. Lovell, is second to none. So that's been awesome, and you know I, I wouldn't trade that experience for anybody. Yeah, and, and and real quick because uh, Steve the Homer True has done the comparison from uh, the Johnny Davis to Dwayne Wade thing in the same way that you did. Yeah, did he steal that from you? Because I, I, I it sound it sounded like a carbon copy, and I want to get at him tomorrow if that if that's the case. I don't think so. I mean, I've said it before, but I don't I don't know if I said it to Homer. I mean, Homer Homer knows the game. I mean, you got to give him credit. He knows the game. And, uh, you know, he's, he's very good with players. So uh, I'm, I'm going to give him credit for, for that one. All right, Coach. We appreciate the time. Have a great night. Yeah, thanks, Coach. Thank you, guys. Shaka Smart. Um, I hate I, that I like him so much. I heard the – oh, come on. I heard – I heard the you comparison. You know what I'm saying? I'm a Wisconsin Badger. It's I, hard, it's I hard know. to say I, anything nice about Marquette, I, uh, but Shaka was great. He was yeah. awesome. He was awesome. We're all guessing the names, right, in our head. We're all trying to figure out who it was that he was talking about. He's one of three guys. And I really wanted to ask, like, Coach, you don't have to tell us who it is, but can you tell us the year? <laughs> I think we're doing a basketball draft show. Let's work together and figure this one out. Right. And not say it on air for respect. We'll workshop the names, and when we return, we will get you caught up on uh, three picks now. The first three picks are in. We'll recap after this. All right, we're still trying to crack the code on uh, who this player was. I think we all have thoughts. I don't think we should share that, but we I, all have thoughts. Yeah. Oh, I'll Smart share one guess. Alluded <laughs> to somebody that was physically ready for the NBA at Texas, but well, he didn't say Texas. Put, the, put it together. I mean, well, I mean, Shaka some, has coached here. elsewhere. I, and I he will has say, coached players that made it to the NBA. Justin, some mo be ready than others. <laughs> you need to spend some mo time workshopping that. That took me five minutes. <laughs> you guys are a bunch of schmokes, jamokes. <laughs> He somehow made it worse. Yeah, yours was worse than him. Um, we did get a text suggestion as well on what you were trying to come up with. Uh, Shaka had HRB, baby. HRB. Um, a texter says, what about tank? Thick, Tanks don't move very fast. This is an acronym. Thick, although she included the K. He or she, I should say. Tank Thick. call those guys Hard Rockin' Brothers. Hard Rockin' Brothers! <laughs> Woo! That's a guy I want on my team. That is P.J. Tucker. That... I don't... Uh, it's hard to say Grant Williams Yeah, I don't know if you can put him brother. there yet. Uh, P.J. Tucker, P. absolutely. P.J. Tucker is. Absolutely. Um, Pat Connaughton? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would say Giannis. Like, Giannis yeah, well. is... Giannis is a hard rockin' brother. Finasty? No. 
No. I disagree. I think he is. Absolutely, yeah. He's got the mentality of it, for sure. You can't foul three times every oh, minute and be a hard rockin' can't brother. Foul. He's hard. That's why he's doing it. Exactly. He's just a rockin' brother. That's all he's doing. Jumping up and down. Take the heart out. Um, thick, athletic, nimble, key. I don't know what the key is, but it's the key to have those attributes. But that's the suggestion Ooh, key for to success. Tank. Right. We should catch you up as well. The uh, Pistons are now on the clock. Jaden Ivey was not taken fourth. It was Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray. Goes and, and by the way, I think Keegan Murray is the best player in the draft. Really? Yes. He is skilled at every level. He can finish around the rim. He's athletic. He can hit mid-range. He can hit um, threes. He can block shots on the defensive end. He's athletic. He doesn't have his... You know the height that I thought he did, but he's got he's got the length, and so, I just think he is the most polished. Him and Paulo are the two guys that I thought were were the best. And here's where Keegan Murray getting selected by the Kings could be interesting for the Bucks in the ongoing conversation of do they draft and develop here, or is this part of a trade? One of the names that we have heard floated out quite a bit is that of Harrison Barnes, who you look at the Kings roster and you see. Domas Sabonis, and now you see Keegan Murray, and you say, well, for a younger team or a team that's at least trying to get an influx of young talent here, what's Harrison Barnes? What's Harrison Barnes doing here? Right. So there's been some rumblings. Harrison Barnes is going to get moved, and the selection of a guy like Keegan Murray to me makes it inevitable that Harrison Barnes is going to be moved. Yeah, because money is the toughest component for the Bucks and Jaden Ivey together, like. They'd be a pretty fast backcourt, but a pretty s- small backcourt. And I don't, I don't think you can build a team. And again, I don't want to stay on the Kings here, uh, but this is ultimately a conversation that's leading us to uh, some potential targets for Bucks the Bucks options. And, and that's ultimately, I think, we'll learn more as the draft goes on of like of these lower tier teams that are picking early in the draft. Based off their selections, who potentially is now going to be someone that might be an available asset for the Bucks? Harrison Barnes is very fascinating. And I've seen a couple of people point it out to. Here's, I don't think he'd be. He'd I don't be, know what his contract situation is off the top. So about eighteen million. What it would require is with the the rules of the CBA, you got to get to within a hundred and you can take on one hundred and twenty five percent of what you're trading out plus a hundred thousand dollars, which the Bucks could bring that back if they packaged Grayson Allen, George Hill, and then you got to wait for the league year to begin and Rajon Tucker. That financially would be enough to bring back Harrison Barnes. The question you have to ask yourself, and this is why the trade machine is good, but maybe also the worst thing ever created, just because this website tells me financially this works. What is the motivation of the Kings to say, this is a player that is going to have a lot of suitors because he's one of those hard rocking brothers that we talked about, that he has the size to defend some fours, he's a stretch four, and we've seen him come up big in the playoffs before. I think we can do better than that. I think other teams are willing to offer us a little bit more than that and the 24th pick, presumably. But it's also the Kings. Well, there's that. There's that. that you <laughs> I'm, have not, to... I'm not saying that they, should, that, that they couldn't get a better offer, but it's also the Kings. Uh, so Keegan Murray 
is off the board. And this is the part where the draft is going to start to get really interesting. We think Johnny Davis is going to go 10, although you think he's going to slide a little bit. I think he might slide. I, I really do. Um, he's just not He's not the sexy pick. Like He's not the sexy conversation. Um, and when, Even after the description Shaka just gave. You don't think people are listening to that and thinking, wait a minute. Look, I, I think we Shaka... We can get Dwayne Wade 2.0. Uh, again, rockets but, in his ass. <laughs> he's got rockets in his ass. <laughs> what a compliment. I want rockets in my... Ashton, we played pickup together last Sunday. Could you imagine wow. if I had some rockets? Yeah, I, th- I, I would like to see that. You need some rockets. I hate to break it to you. Scrolling I through can texts. Dunk. You can't. Did dunk. not get one. Wow. Uh, cool people only. Well, we did see another pick go. We'll get you caught up, and we'll start to do this as it happens. But uh, we will see when it's time for those rockets to lift off for Johnny Davis. We think relatively soon as we're moving closer and closer to that range. We'll get you up to speed on the latest pick. Jaden Ivey just snotted all over. You just did it. Jaden Ivey has been selected by the Detroit Pistons. We've got more after this. Benny Matherin, just picked by the Indiana Pacers. So slowly but surely, we're getting there towards the area where we expect to see Johnny Davis and then eventually to 24 where the Bucks will make a selection. Ashton, I know you are an expert at math. What's our timing looking like of when the Bucks? We'll be up with the 24th selection. Oh, I'm guessing around 8.45. Yeah, I was going to say, we were trying to plot this out because it's five minutes per pick. With uh, pictures and then... Who's going to be the first person to take pictures in the wrong hat? It's baffling to me that that, that is still a thing. Potentially 24. <laughs> right? <laughs> Honestly, uh, the way John Horse was talking about it, it makes me feel pretty confident that 24, there's going to be a guy with a Bucks hat on that will never see the Fear of the Deer jersey. Uh, well, actually, I, I take that back. Right here. He just got traded? Not Betty Matherin, but the Blazers, oh, the Blazers are on the yeah. clock at 7. And if you just acquired Jeremy Grant, like you are trying to win with Dame Lillard and Jeremy I'm Grant. Sad the that, Bucks didn't make a run at, at Jeremy Grant because he's, he's tough, tough financially. Tough though. financially, but he's that guy that I was like, you know, that he fits. he's a hard rocking brother. He's a he's a he's a herb. HRB. He's an HRB man. Shaka should uh, patent that. I mean that is that is gold for the type of player. He's got to be that like, every I team want is looking for him addressing the team next year, saying, "I, I need, need HRB guys, hard rocking brothers. We need ten of these, ten or of, I need all ten of you. You got to be that one of two minutes to be HRBs, hard rocking brothers. And if you're not, get out of my program. No, if you're not, you better rockets be rockets t- in his ass. You better have rockets in your ass. And man. if you have both. Boom. NBA. NBA. Hard rockin' brother with rockets in your ass. One and done. Well, let's be clear here. If you're one of the two, you're in the NBA. If you have both, then you're Michael Jordan. Take me with you. (laughs) (laughs) What it becomes there. But uh, the Blazers are on the clock now at 7. I suspect this is going to be a pick that's eventually traded. So this is going to be the first one. That's my prediction where we see, remember when so-and-so... 
had the Blazers hat a la Stefan Marbury. Remember when he had the Bucks hat on versus Ray Allen? I think that's what we're getting here at 7 with the Portland Trail Blazers. Speaking of HRBs, does this player qualify? Later season pickup, but um, really a great fit, unbelievable competitor. Um, I think Javon... Uh, found a little bit of his best self with us. I think he's built to really defend and, and make open shots and, and be a competitive kind of tough guy, pick up 94 feet, had a real impact for us, um, really helped us. And again, I think a guy that, you know, when the time is right to have those discussions, I think hopefully he'd like to be back here. We'd like to try to figure out how to have him back. Um, but really just to comment on what he did, picking him up late and how he just integrated with us in our style of play or culture of our locker room was, was pretty impressive. For those in the state of Wisconsin that were just introduced to Javon Carter this year, Javon Carter has been an HRB, a hard rocking brother, since he came out of the womb. Since he came out of the womb, that guy has been picking up guys 94 feet, and like you couldn't have pictured it any different than a guy going to West Virginia playing for Bobby Huggins. Bobby Huggins, yeah. Uh, you got to be tough, you got to be able to guard, and you got to be able to knock down shots. And Javon Carter did just that for the Milwaukee Bucks that I, I think a lot of people were wanting him to get more minutes in that Celtics series. I don't think Javon Carter would have been a, a difference maker in pushing the Bucks over the edge against the Celtics. I think it was just a matter of, unfortunately, scratching and clawing and hoping that someone else would be the answer when the answer was Chris Middleton was hurt and Giannis did his best to carry the team through seven games. But Javon Carter can have a role in which he can grow even more with this team because Coach Bud does a really good job with his guys of identifying roles. And I was talking with one of the assistant coaches for the Bucks, and he talked about how Javon Carter, when he was with the Nets and when he was with the Suns, all he did on offense was sit in the left corner and pray he might get an open three. And those aren't in rhythm. We saw Javon Carter coming off ball screens and hitting mid-range jump shots and then HR being the next guy all the way up the court Making like it was amazing his impact that he had with the Bucks in a short amount of time, and you know we tried to dissect the quote from John Horst earlier and whether or not he's tipping his hand of are they going to trade this pick? I mean he bluntly says I think he wants to be here and, and we definitely want him here. So you got to feel pretty good that Javon Carter is going to be back in the fold for next season. I, I'm I'm totally for that as well. Um, you know I think Bobby. We'll be back. Um, you know, a lot of people freaked out when Bobby changed his uh, Twitter avatar to just a black picture. Like it, it just was a, it was nothing. And people are like, oh, oh, is he is he unhappy? He's serving coffee at Colectivo <laughs> today. You know, the guy loves the city of Milwaukee. He's the mayor, and I think the Bucks want him here if they can make it work, um, both financially and um, you know, contract length because. Look, I, I don't. I, I love Bobby, but I would hate to overpay for Bobby. So we mentioned Bobby Portis. Now the other big piece that we saw was Pat Connaughton picking up his option, surprisingly. So we'll take a look at the current depth chart for the Bucks and Javon Carter. What the potential playing time would be for him? Just the overall layout of this Bucks roster after a, a relatively surprising move yesterday with Pat Connaughton opting to pick up that really team-friendly final year on his contract. You can say that again. Rather than testing the free agent market, we will explore the Bucks' 
roster options after this. All right, the draft rolls on. We are up to pick number eight, which is the New Orleans Pelicans, which I think is in. Woohoo! We're rolling. 22 NBA draft. The New Orleans Pelicans select Dyson Daniels from Bendigo, Australia, the NBA Global Academy in Australia, and the NBA G League's Team Ignite. It's the longest. It's quite a mouthful. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the longest red thing by Adam Silver ever at the podium? It is uh, reminiscent of. You remember this one? With the 15th pick in the 2013 NBA draft, the Milwaukee Bucks select Giannis Adetokounmpo from Athens, Greece. He last played for Fiel Atletikos in Greece. My favorite part is select. Select. <laughs> select. <laughs> Oh, David Stearns. Great for the league. Dyson Daniels, a little bit of a surprise. Yes, and um, I'm just glad we're moving closer to potentially seeing Johnny Davis come off the board um, and also get closer to the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Did we pull some strings? Are we going to be on longer? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm working on it. Because the Bucks trading their 24th pick. Is going to be ESPN Radio and then whatever comes on uh, WTMJ after us. So uh, Jay Billis' best available board, Johnny Davis, the best available that he has as we are now up to pick number nine, which belongs to the Spurs. Hmm. Pick 10 is the Wizards, and it is almost unanimous. Every mock draft I have looked at has has Johnny Davis going 10. I think I saw one that had him going 11 to the Knicks. Yeah, I think for Johnny, in in credit to to Greg Scalzo, my co-host on ESPN Wisconsin, Scalzo and Brust, he talked about for Johnny to have success, I think it, it needs to be a little bit similar to how he had success with Wisconsin. If he has to be thrusted into a role in which he needs to be a star right away, I don't know if that's the best situation for him. If he can continue to develop his game, you know, similar to the way Shaka Smart, who joined us earlier, talked about Justin Lewis being better each year and really growing. Johnny has done the same thing from, you know, his freshman year to playing for the USA Select team with Jaden Ivey, a lot of those guys, and really outperformed Jaden Ivey in in the college basketball season. I think Johnny will continue to get better, but you don't want to stunt the growth by putting someone in a position where they lose confidence and are not put in a a spot to succeed. So let's say he goes 10, where everybody seems to have him slotted with the Wizards. We're seeing more and more, including Bradley Beal himself, who apparently, after years and years of saying he wanted to remain in D.C. with the Wizards and had options to leave but chose to stay, uh, now is saying, well, you know, I, I'd hate to look back and regret never winning. So it seems as though he's kind of laying the groundwork for an exit in D.C. Would that be a good thing or bad thing if the Wizards take Johnny Davis and now this guy that took on the scoring load is gone that plays the same position as yep. you? Yep, that's exactly you know where, where I get worried. And even as you look at the draft after, after you know, that – Oklahoma City. I don't. I don't think that would be a great place, you know, where you kind of just are on a team with 
uh, an organization where when they win, you know, you don't know if they're clapping, kind of upset. you know, like you don't know if they're actually happy. But when, and then when you get towards, you know, 13, 14, you're, you got teams that were in the playoffs in 2021 that weren't in 2022 that are on the, the fringe where you can be, you know, a, a, a seventh, eighth man for a competitive team that's vying to get into the playoffs. Um, so th- I actually think if Johnny falls, and this is, this is what, um, what actually I found interesting from a local standpoint, I'll go here. When Sam Decker was upset that he fell to the Rockets. Now, his career didn't work out, I don't think, the way that Sam wanted to. But Aaron Rodgers, I remember, was the one who Sam said, uh, texted him and said, I know this isn't where you know you probably wanted to go. You probably wanted to go early, but you're with a contending team. Right. And so sometimes that can be better for players uh, than just ending up on like the, all right, you're going to play 36 minutes a game. Go play. Yeah, and... I wouldn't say a, a perfect test case with that, but it's going to be interesting to monitor here in upcoming in free agency. In a week from now, Dante DiVincenzo is a free agent, and he's a guy that didn't slide in the draft, did the opposite, where he had the huge tournament and specifically the championship game, and then moved just outside of the lottery, but he was a guy that spent time with the winning franchise. Mm-hmm. And winning with the Bucks before that trade to the Kings, but I think his skill set, when you look at it, he's probably going to end up getting paid more than I think Bucks fans would expect because he does things that winning teams want. So, how much of that was learned in Milwaukee and Villanova, for that matter, remains to be seen. But when you're in that spot, you tend to stick around in the league. Maybe you're not showcased as a star, but. You have the skill set that other coaches it's all about are seeking. Per- it's all about perception, and it's all about you know what your career has built. And like you said, he was a national champion at Villanova, came off the bench as the right. sixth man, and then was able to have contributions to a Milwaukee Bucks team that was growing towards an NBA championship. And then you're lab- It's all about again perception and labeling. Dante DiVincenzo is labeled as a guy who helps you win basketball games. With energy, with effort, with deflections, with athleticism, being in like that right place, right time kind of guy, some things that you can't teach that got him to this point in his career. Um, so it will be fascinating to see what his career looks like post Milwaukee Buck. Um, but man, for him, for Serge Ibaka, I know there's some picks. Second round picks. I, I hear Second you. round picks. John Horst is done with those. He does wonders, but that one makes me wonder. Well, it's, I mean, for Dante, for all of these players, especially as you approach free agency, I think the the difficult thing, and we can get into this in the next hour, because again, it's worth pointing out what the Bucks roster looks like right now with Pat Connaughton opting in, with Bobby Portis, we think, coming back, granted, for a lot more money, uh, and then the potential to use that taxpayer mid-level, but what the Bucks roster looks like overall, uh, but when you get into free agency, to me, it's the question is, we hear about 82 versus 16 all the time. Can this guy play in the playoffs is really mm-hmm. the approach you need to take because we've seen the last few years a number of guys that are really good and can shoot 35% from three in the regular season. It is different in the playoffs. And I do believe Dante is one of those guys that can play. He showed us that in the postseason. 
Yeah, and that's why Pat Connaughton taking that team-friendly player option is massive for the Milwaukee Bucks because that's a guy who I don't think had as good of a 2022 season as he did 2021. As well, just as I ex- like, I expected him to take another jump. Yeah, uh, but ultimately, in big moments, he made big plays. Um, and so having him back on a team-friendly deal, knowing he's versatile, knowing you know what you're going to get at that price, huge W for Horst and company. Pat Connaughton picks up his option, what that means for the Bucks and potentially why he chose to give them a team-friendly deal. And uh, another pick is in. We'll get you up to speed on all of that and... The latest on Patrick Baldwin Jr. We'll hear from the voice of the Panthers in the next hour.